Okay, uh, well, the NWFA convention just wrapped up. It was in Tampa. I think everybody that I talked to is about ready to move there, especially when it was snowing up, up north. The weather was absolutely beautiful. We're going to talk about that this morning. Michael Martin's on the line with us. He's president and CEO of the NWFA, the National Wood Flooring Association. And congratulations on a great outing, Michael. It was a terrific show. Well, thank you, Dave, and I, I completely agree with you. I think it, uh, you know, I think attendance uh, was helped by the bad snows, and everybody was ready to go to Florida. Well, I tell you what, I think everybody, I, I, I'm sure there's some of them still down there, maybe. <laughs> anyway, well, I'm still there myself. But, you know, I hadn't been to Tampa in a long time, and I don't know that i ever been to the convention center right on the water. What a spot. It was, it was terrific. Yeah, thank you. I, we fit perfectly there. Yes. Uh, how would you peg the whole convention in general? Obviously, Tampa was an extremely great venue. How about the convention? How, how was that? Well, I think everything went really well. We had you know, really nothing but positive feedback. Um, the energy was upbeat, and people were happy, and they were happy to be there and be with their peers. And the social media things that we've seen since the show reinforced the fact that you know, they found the show and their time together valuable. Boy, te technology has really changed doing shows, hasn't it? It really has. Now, it, it, it appeared to me that both traffic and the number of exhibitors were up. Talk about that, both the attendees and the exhibitors. Yes, on the exhibitor side, we had about 50 new exhibitors this year. So, um, a lot of new faces on the show floor and a lot of new faces from, uh, from new members as well. We had a, a record number of new people um, come to the show this year, and the member meet and greet was just completely packed, so that's, you know, it's always a good thing to see that you've got new people coming in and out, it's not just, it's not just the core group that has been coming for years, so we're starting to see a lot of new faces, and we have an emerging leaders group, which um, has sparked a lot of participation, and they have their own events at this, at this particular expo, so we're starting to grow that new next generation of leaders. Emerging leaders, younger guys, are they... Hard to get in the fold, or are they easy to get in the fold? Uh, they're not, no, I think they're, you know, they're, they're normal. You should have a set of time. Uh-huh. Because, uh, I mean, that's, a, that's, a, that's an interesting move. A lot of these associations are always, as you mentioned, the regulars, the ones that have been there for, for years, and usually, you know, bordering on boomers if they aren't boomers. It's great to get, you know, new blood in. Right. Now, right, well, and they have more and more options, you know, as, as far as networking today and how they learn information. And, uh -huh. You know, the Internet has really changed the way this particular generation uh, does everything. Yeah, we hear so many uh, things about um, millennials. I don't know that I believe any of it anymore. I believe all of it. I don't know. Um, yeah, I think they probably said the same thing about you and me when we were young, too. Seems every generation it's the same criticism. They don't listen. They don't, you know, whatever. Um, I remember hearing the same thing. So it, it, it's all circular. I see. Well, that that answers a lot of questions. I guess uh, it seems like they're a monolith the way they're presented in so many sur surveys, and I can't believe that that's the case with any generation. You know. Well, I think you know labels are dangerous, and we're all human beings. In the big scheme of things, we all communicate the same ways. And yes, there might be some differences between age groups and what they're used to, and, and how they communicate to each other, and how they communicate with their parents or their or their employers. But 
you know, it's um, it's the same thing as it's always been since the beginning. It's all the, the humanity of it. At the end of the day, we're all trying to get you know get something accomplished and move forward. Now, now the show, you know, the, the the whole expo has grown a great deal over the last several years. What do you do to cause this to happen? What have you done to you know to to make this growth take place? Well, we try to produce, you know, a show that you can't miss, number one. Number two, we've, you know, we've really have invested a lot in the production of the general sessions and then our keynotes and then trying to tie everything together. You know, our theme this year was deep dive, and so obviously that was tied around being on the water in Tampa, as you saw, and then tied into our theme as far as our sessions went um, a little bit. We, you know, we, we placed those deep dives into really subject areas that people wanted to go further into and really talk about in their businesses. And last year we started a roundtable approach um, that had a little less guidance than one did this year, so we tweaked that, that, that uh, a bit this year, and so we ended up having kind of a combination of presentation and roundtable. But the roundtable discussions really, um, I think, are a great format because people are sharing with each other and they're sharing with their the network within their industry and get answers from each other, and that helps us facilitate that from happening as opposed to just having a talking head. At the front of the at the front of the room, so I think that learning mechanism is working really well with us, and and people enjoy participating in that. So our rooms are, have been jam packed on the sessions. We have more than sixty education sessions at this show, and then our demos were jam packed on the trade show floor. So I think what we're doing there is working, and we just keep trying to you know improve it every year and keep it going. I thought the demonstrations were were outstanding, and as you mentioned, they were you know well well attended. Yeah, we couldn't be happier. Uh, I noticed a number of wood flooring machinery people there exhibiting. And would, was that a lot of that new? Was that something that you've gone after of, of late? I mean, it's a great place for these guys to be. It is. You know, it's, it's, um, it's happened in the last couple of years. And it's just an opportunity for um, most of the, you know, most of those companies that manufacturers are exhibiting there. But there are also a number of manufacturers who walk the show floor or um, have an opportunity to go over and see their suppliers. So yes, that's an area that's grown a bit for us in the last couple of years, and we're excited to try to do more. I got you. Talk about the membership of the NWFA. It sounds like members come from just about all sectors of the industry. Right. I mean, I think the thing when you look at how we're composed versus other organizations in the flooring sector, I mean, the we represent the entire supply chain. So we have. We're very, uh, we're very vertical. So we have manufacturers, we have the distributors, we have the contractors, we have the installers, we have the inspectors. Everyone has an equal seat at the table, at the, at the board table. So the decisions get made for what's right for the supply chain more so than one particular group. I've got you. Well, that's a good setup. I think probably other organizations could learn a great deal from, from that. It seems like a great idea. It's traditionally been that way, I think, hasn't it? Yeah, and because we're you know we're a niche market, so it's it's a little different than some of the other flooring associations in particular. Um, you know, but it's also like having six kids, and they all want something different for dinner. <laughs> gotcha. Um, how has wood flooring fared um, versus other categories in the industry? Well, you know, there's a lot of talk, and there's a lot of noise, and there are a lot of manufacturers rolling out things that look like wood that aren't wood and there's a lot of confusion in the marketplace being caused by things being called wood that aren't. Um, so, you know, what? but I do think a lot of that's noise. I think, you know, at the end of the day, wood flooring has been a choice, a premier 
choice and a luxury choice for many, many years, and I don't think that'll change. Where I kind of see the shift happening might, is more on the lower end. So some of the lower end engineered product, I think, is being replaced by other flooring products and other categories with the lookalike. But, you know, the, the, the nice thing about those products, eventually, and I think every product has their place in the market, I think there's a lot of, a lot of flooring that looks like wood going into places that wood wouldn't have gone. So if you have a lease on a commercial space for seven years, you're not going to invest in putting wood. That's probably not the best solution. But it's changing more to hard surface versus carpet. So that's interesting. But, um, you know, I think at some point, some of the other flooring options have the ability to look like other things besides wood as well, right? So as new trends develop and as things happen in the marketplace, everybody's looking for something that looks different. So, you know, we may be, we may be coming sort of the end of that look-alike phase where, uh, the technology has allowed LVT and laminate and some of the other floorings to look like natural stone or to look like other, you know, products that have never really been used on the floor. And we started to see a little bit of that at the Domatech shows this year, some texturing and some, some designs that really, um, you've never seen sort of a multi-layer photograph within a photograph on a, on a piece of flooring. So, um, it, there's a lot of interesting possibilities and they're really just at the, at the birth of a lot of those opportunities. So I think, you know, wood will always be a luxury item. It's the only flooring that increases the value of your home. And that's going to continue to be a factor. People want, people want real wood. Now the confusion that's ha happening out there, you know, as the, as the trends develop and the technology continues to develop in those flooring sectors, you know, I think that we'll see less and less of that. Do you think some people buy a product that looks like wood, thinking that it's wood and it's really not? I mean, that has to happen. How often does it happen, I guess, is the question. Um, you know, yes, I think it happens. We, we get a lot of phone calls from consumers who have purchased something that they didn't, they, you know, come to find out it wasn't what they thought it was, right? So I think, you know, we've really got to address the point of sale um, position within the retail channel about, you know, selling into the wood category and making for sure that the customer is getting what they want. Um, you know, from a price point standpoint, sometimes it can be easier to shift a customer to something else. But if they come in wanting wood, then by all means, sell them wood. You've been listening to a conversation with Michael Martin, the president and CEO of the NWFA, the National Wood Flooring Association. We're talking about the organization's recent convention in Tampa. We'll be talking more about this this coming Thursday. This is Flow Radio.